Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.co.uk. This is Internet Marketing. Now, before we start today, I uh, must talk about Site Visibility's um, release of their 2020 PPC automation guide, which happened earlier this year. So it's completely free to download, and it's going to help you to get started with each of the new automation settings within Google Ads. So this includes smart bidding, responsive ad testing, dynamic search ads, and more. So the best way to accelerate your PPC growth in 2020 is to start planning today. So download your guide for free at bit.ly. That's B-I-T slash PPC dash automation dash guide. I'll say that again. Bit.ly, B-I-T slash PPC dash automation dash guide. Now today I'm joined by Olaf Godner. CMO at Goodwood, the world's leading sporting estate, which is in West Sussex. Olaf, thanks for joining us. Andy, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Goodwood, my father-in-law and uh, my brother-in-law were, were, were serious Goodwood goers. Although I have to say very sadly, I've never been myself. Obviously, I've heard about it. Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you've been doing at Goodwood? Perfect. Um, I'll start with myself. I guess um, fundamentally, I'm a, so international B2C marketeers with sort of a marketeer with quite a mixed background, sort of having started out as a strategy consultant in, in New York for Bain, all the way through to marketing um, the world's biggest casino uh, in China, and then somehow magically ended up at Goodwood, where I'm the chief marketing officer. And I guess the the, the key red line across. All of these roles in my, my professional life, at least, is sort of the idea of creating high revenue growth through um, a marketing turnaround, mainly aided by digital transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably enough about myself, without boring everyone else. Let's talk a little about Goodwood, maybe, if you don't mind. Sort of, mm. I guess you, you mentioned the cars. It's, um, we always say it's a, it's a world-leading sporting state situated in West Sussex, southern England, for those of you who are not this lovely country. We are most famous for horse racing, motorsport, flying, shooting, golf, sort of hotel, four restaurants, etc. But most people know us really for four big events, which are the members meeting, festival of speed, revival in motorsport. Then, of course, the glorious horse racing that usually happens in July, August. Mm. Um, and all that together creates a million annual visitors. So exciting place. And I guess the 
the last bit, which maybe not many people know about, but actually sort of the, the core of our conversation is that we've done a, a massive transformation over the last uh, four to five years through digital, both in general operations and in media, and particularly media bit, I thought was quite interesting in the current climate to talk about. Oh, definitely. I mean, I, w- I want to come on to that first, actually, because... I guess, you know, transforming or shifting your focus from a sort of physical to the online world is is a huge subject. But I mean, can we talk? How, how did you do that? Can we talk about that a bit? Then we'll come on to the to the media size, as, uh, side, as you just mentioned. Yeah, sure. I, I think the, it's, it's a great question. I think probably when you, when, you, when you now listen to people talk about the new new and how it's all going to set up, I think there are lots of people who are used to just operating physical things and all of a sudden have to change that and become much more of a of a digital digital player. My experience sort of through the vast last few um jobs is really that it's is all around getting people excited by painting the, the end picture. Mm. What are you actually trying to achieve and then break that down into distinct phases and sort of making sure people get that that picture isn't available on day one and might take a few days, a few months, a few years, maybe even at times. And then, you know, being ex-consultant, I'm big in analytics and measuring. So you want to make sure you actually measure your progress uh, along the phases, make sure everyone is bought into the different measurements, and then explain how much it costs and what costs are actually real risk of the things that disappear when nothing happens, but what are actually costs that only occur if you're successful because people often mix these up, which um, is quite important to distinguish. Yeah. The, I think so there are two other bits which, which I felt particularly good with what I learned. So the structure is the first one. I think early on we were very clear what we're good in, what we're bad in. We're quite good in sort of having huge passion for, for motorsport, creating that media and, and, and being quite different. But I think uh, we probably weren't the best in terms of distribution. So uh, we hired in a, a third-party agency that helped us. And only over the process of four years, it actually went from 100% third-party to 100% in-house, which was an interesting journey. Mm. And then, then last but not least, really, it's about sort of live and learn, test, and, uh, and admit when you've done a mistake. So as again, sort of look at look back at Goodwood, we now have... 350 million views across the across the year, 3 million followers, sort of 4.5% engagement is crazy good numbers. But early on, we sort of got a couple of things wrong and sort of being able to admit that and then change direction probably is one of the reasons it's going so well now. Fantastic. Now, I want to talk uh, briefly about uh, content. I'm assuming uh, that, that you are sort of feeling that content is probably as important as, as audience would he would that be fair to say well you know we, we have this thing we say we sort of my personal saying is sort of audience is king but content is everything which is mm. i guess to some extent saying they're both really important yeah um, and maybe <laughs> you know um and, and and maybe just going into those two bits first and then I, I sort of maybe have one or two other ideas so my audience i always you know in the old days obviously i said content is king but i think one of my learnings lately is that it's all about understanding the audience, sort of who are they in. It's just um, obviously the, the obvious stuff from demographics to everything else you, you nowadays can can know about the audience. But really sort of motivation as well around why do they interact with you? What situation are they actually in? What are they after? What they're trying to solve? What they're trying to get help with? What they're trying to buy? What products are they currently uh, consuming and then obviously last but not least what what media do they actually consume mm. and then in, in my head it's it's almost the second step to then think about uh, what content to produce 
uh, against that. And if I give you an example from Goodwood, uh, we're obviously known for motorsport and we produce lots of lovely, very niche, extraordinarily expert produced motorsport coverage. Mm. But at the same time, we also cover sort of massive events like the Jetpack Man at Festival Speed or our lovely kids race at Revival, which is called Setting Cup, which got sort of 500 million, million views in last year alone. And it's really the, the nice thing nowadays is you can actually produce these content pieces in parallel. And if you're into specific motorsports details and you look for that and you search for that and you find it, and if you just happen to stumble across our uh, our lovely sort of slightly more mass content, then you do that, and almost these two two different segments can live in can live in parallel. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier about measuring, and I'm just wondering in, in your mind how how important is that, and how do you do it? I think the nice thing of of digital is that you can measure most things, and sort of even if you can, you probably have a pretty pretty close assumption where it could go. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of measuring it. I'm a big fan of explaining to you beforehand why specific aspects are, are more important than other and that could change throughout the different phases that I explained earlier. And then really being being honest and, and getting almost someone else to measure against it and having third-party anal- analytics that I would say you don't, you don't want to be the one who marks their own homework and somewhat biased towards being more positive than not. Um, so again, if I think about it, at Goodwood, for example, we've, um, we've had very different criteria across the different phases. Early on was, was actually creating capabilities. So how many videos did we produce in a given time? How much money we spent on them? Uh, and then over time, only did we think about the gaining new audiences and then did we, did we, did we worry about engagement, dwell time, etc. So that's, that's the first bit around analytics. The second one is that obviously with content, you have a huge debate. People watch different TV shows, TV, uh, different kind of newspapers. And as you've defined what your brand and your media wants to stand for, you almost let the customer decide what he or she is actually interacting with. So it's very important to measure what content is being being viewed, what, is the, what are the pieces that people actually engage with, what are people that... Uh, it almost gets no views. And just because we like it doesn't mean you should produce more of that. It's actually the opposite. Mm. And then obviously the trade-off between how much effort you put into a specific piece versus how much engagement, how much views you're actually, you're actually getting. Um, and then the only other thing that we've learned is that you want to have a few brand pieces, i.e. things that really illustrate what you want to stand for as a, as a brand and media player and then push them out across the various uh, channels, which, by the way, actually, is a good point I mentioned, uh, mentioned, mentioned earlier. But um, distribution, in my head, is is key to all of this. There's mm. so quite a few people who produce beautiful content and forget to uh, to distribute them. So when when I say distribute, it's obviously nowadays your email marketing, it's your social, it's your influence. I'm a big fan of of sort of what I call Goodwood style influencer marketing, where you produce and create a platform for these influencers to produce their own content but you actually have a non-commercial relationship and just get them to enjoy and love good produce their content and endorse uh, your brand in the process um yeah sorry that's a very long answer to a, to a very short question there no that was a great answer i want to come back to something there because uh, i think in the first question you just mentioned you had to bring and i forget which which service it was now but you mentioned about one of your services that was being done by an agency yeah. and then you had to bring it in house i was just wondering if we could just drill down briefly into uh, 
lessons learned? I mean, how do you bring, what are the main sort of areas to consider when you want to bring a service in-house that you were outsourcing to an agency? Well, I think, I think first of all, be really honest about things you can and things you can't do. So, so there is a um, lot of horrible case studies where people think they're good in one aspect and actually are not, and then ruin the overall project just by pretending to be good in that. Mm-hmm. Secondly, then, I think very carefully uh, choose specialists. I'm not, never a massive fan of having journalist support because by default you you pull in third parties because they are the expert in specific area. So make sure you really understand this, do your homework with checking with um, with other people they're working with, etc. And then I guess as you pull them in, make sure you have the right setup internally to actually learn from, from what they're doing for you, adjust it to your own organization and over time hopefully be able to do it in-house, which in my eyes at least is almost a slightly preferred setup versus mm. having too many agencies around. Yeah, sure. So some final thoughts, Olaf. What can our listeners go away with today? What would your top takeaway tip be or tips top takeaway I mean, it's sort of slightly topical with everything that's going on in the crazy world but in my head it's sort of what i call embrace uh, the change and assume it's here to stay mm. uh, and try to do two things really well at the moment which is one to manage your existing business as profitably as as possible and on purpose say profitably because it's not as cheap because i think um, it feels a bit like there are lots of people who are was throwing the famous baby out with the bathwater, but you sort of want to be careful you don't save cost left hand side to the center that then kills your business both now and in the future. Mm. And the second bit is I think this constant innovation and the idea that you have to develop new businesses that react to different to the different environment and almost um, have different scenario planning where you're the core business as you know it doesn't exist anymore and then start thinking about what capabilities you have and how you can use this to further your, your business you're working for that you own. So part of that for us, for example, is um, why the media is so important for, for Goodwood because we've, um, you know, obviously everyone knows us for events, but we, we hopefully have a second leg to stand on as, as the digital world becomes more and more important. Sure. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Olaf. Um, what's the best way for our listeners to find out a bit more about you and a bit more about Goodwood? Yeah, best. I mean, Goodwood, Goodwood sort of obviously our, our website has uh, has lots of details. If you uh, want to see what we've done with our media business, then go on goodwood.com forward slash GRNR. And to get in touch, just drop me a line under olaf.goldner at goodwood.com. Fantastic. And your surname is spelled, just because that's Olaf.Goldner, is spelled uh, G-U-E-L-D-N-E-R. Have I got that right? That's the one. Good old German. <laughs> yes, that sounds German. about right. Yeah, good. Okay, well, thanks so much for coming on. And thanks, everyone, for listening. The show notes will be in the usual place, which is, of course, sitevisibility.co.uk slash im podcast if you're enjoying the show please leave us a review that would be great hopefully a good one um reviews are always good because it helps us to get out and you know more people listen to us um questions and suggestions well the email is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk you can always tweet at site visibility if you go to linkedin there's a site visibility group on there as well so that's all from me andy and it's all from olaf all right guys thank you and we'll see you next time on internet marketing
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.